on this episode of Sex and Healing. So that was a bit of a concern and I was like, no, Erin, trust this. Like, you don't need to buy into this fear. You don't need to get into your head. I could feel on one layer on the inside. No, don't, don't buy into this. Just trust the journey. And just instantaneously, I was like, I'm going all the way home. I'm going to collect the luggage that I left in Melbourne and get out of here as soon as possible. I'm just so grateful that I trusted my intuition and this trip really actually allowed a very smooth journey at a quite a crazy time on the planet when traveling is very difficult and unavailable for so many people. As you start to develop your proficiency at the simple yes, no, once you become really confident with that, you can start to diversify what you're asking spirit. And so you can ask spirit to give you some other messages, or you can offer three options and start to see what happens. Welcome back to the Sex and Healing Podcast. I'm your host, Erin Kiner, and thank you so much for joining me as we take a wild ride together through the realms of sex and healing. Today's episode is all about trusting your intuition. But before we jump into the episode, I do want to tell you that worship is coming very, very soon. My signature program will be opening the doors soon for enrollments, but there's an opportunity to jump on the waitlist now to receive the waitlist only offer, which will be the best opportunity that you have if you're interested in joining worship. So check out the link in the show notes there or jump over to my Instagram. We're going to be sharing plenty of information coming up over the next few weeks to month about worship, its impact, it, the it's just off the charts. What we're creating now, what we're doing for the third round is off the charts. I can't wait to share it more with you. So make sure if you're interested in worship, if you're interested in liberation through sexuality, you can jump into that. So today I'm going to be telling a, a interesting, long and winding story, uh, demonstrating what it's been like for me to be trusting my intuition on this seven week journey to Australia. And towards the end of the episode, I'm going to be sharing with you how to do it yourself. So if you want to jump straight to that, also just check out the timestamps in the show notes or stick around for a nice, long, typical Erin style storytelling session. <laughs> so today's episode is coming to you from Jakarta. And if you can't tell by the sound of my voice, if you listened to my last episode or if you've been watching me on Instagram, my vitality is coming back to me. I feel like I've landed back onto home soil in Indonesia. Even though I am Australia, Australian, I spent the first 33 years of my life just about living in Australia minus a year that I went and lived in London. I moved to Hawaii. I then became a nomad and eventually settled in Indonesia. And I absolutely feel like Bali is home now in a way that I hadn't appreciated before. And this trip has certainly made me feel that. So going back to my, in air quotes, home country of Australia, I definitely felt like I wasn't home and it's given me this amazing 
sense of deep sense of love and appreciation for my home in Bali. So we are here in Jakarta getting through a five-day quarantine, which is so much better than a 14-day one, but I can definitely feel the effects of quarantine kind of sneaking in. My mind is starting to mm, degrade in quality a little bit, but certainly my vitality is coming back. And one of the analogies I've been using on my Instagram stories is feeling like a house plant that has been out of its ideal environment. And I just got to the point where I felt so wilted and so haggard and beaten. And like, it was just a tough, tough trip. And as soon as I got back, as soon as I got into Indonesia, it's like that house plant has been given the right environment. It's been watered, it's been placed in the sun and, and the flowers are wanting to start to bloom again. I can really feel such a significant difference of getting back into my correct alignment and correct living environment. So I am so happy to be here and I'm so happy to be sharing with you today all the amazing things that happened from following my intuition. So despite Australia being a difficult trip, it was certainly an absolutely necessary one. Lots of very important things happened in my personal life, in my business life. I can see the lessons that I was there, the growth that I was there to receive and the way that's going to impact me moving forward. So despite feeling like a haggard and beat up houseplant. <laughs> I also see it as divinely perfect. And I can see that also in the way in which I felt completely and utterly supported by spirit. So when I talk about tuning into intuition, I'm also talking about tuning into spirit. So whatever our own personal belief is around what exists in this world beyond us, I have a very strong belief in this incredible intelligence that is running the show and that desires to guide me and support me and provide for me and help me live the purpose in which I came to earth. As I talk today about your intuition, you might have a slightly different perspective of it. When I talk about spirit, you might have a slightly different perspective of it. And all of that's completely and utterly fine. And just take the essence of what I'm sharing today and put that into your belief system whatever that guidance system is, if you believe in having a guidance system in life. And if you don't, then maybe just open your mind to the fact that perhaps there is something that could guide you in the way that it guides me, because I do believe each and every one of us has the capacity to open up to this. In fact, I believe that we're all born with this and the animals live in alignment with this. And we kind of learn to switch it off or not honor it and not develop it as a skill, um, kind of like an instrument you know, you can become very, very proficient at it and create amazing things with it, or you can just neglect it and never pick it up again. So we have this incredible gift inside of all of us. And this trip for me was just such a divinely aligned <laughs> guided journey. So when I first got to Australia, in fact, I was looking at the dates at which I would travel. And because of the pleasure challenge that I was running, it changed the date that I was going to leave. So I didn't really tune in to spirit or intuition to choose the day to leave. It kind of aligned for me. Well, I knew I had to change my original plan. And from the original plan, I went with what felt easy, what felt like it had the most ease behind it in terms of getting to Perth and getting set up in time to host the pleasure challenge. So that set me up to fly from Bali to Jakarta and Jakarta to Perth. And while I was in Perth quarantine, at my quarantine hotel, there was an outbreak of Corona at another quarantine hotel. So you don't get to choose which hotel you, uh, you get assigned it when you land. And 
the other quarantine hotel (laughs) had cases that were passing from one room to another across the hallway to people that were unrelated, came from different flights at different times. So a bit of rogue corona there. The hotels are meant to have neutral pressured rooms or uh, negatively pressured rooms, which means that what's happening in this room now doesn't get pushed out or spread out through the door. But in that hotel, which was older, it did have positively pressured rooms. So that moved the air from inside outside. Now, I'm assuming from my time as a flight attendant and understanding air pressure and fire safety that part of having rooms negatively pressured in a hotel is for fire safety so that the fire isn't pushed outside into other rooms. And it also means that smells are more contained and all these different kinds of things. So in this older hotel, um, COVID cases start spreading, which put Perth into a lockdown. So here I am in the hotel while this city is being locked down around me, which is more extreme than anything I'd experienced in Indonesia. <laughs> we have quite relaxed regulations in the way that it's been handled in Indonesia. So uh, it was my assistant who lives in Perth who said, have you got an exemption to get into the state of Victoria? And I didn't even realize I needed this. There is very <laughs> – to find out what you need to do to travel is very confusing. There's no one place that you go for all the information. You have to jump from pillar to post all over the place gathering information. So I had not applied for this exemption to get into Victoria. And when she said that Perth is now considered a red zone, that's going to prohibit or inhibit my ability to get into Victoria, in which it's a state that I'm not considered a resident because my driver's license, my Australian driver's license is registered to mom's house in Tasmania. So despite living in Victoria for 10 years, now that I'm coming back as an expat, I actually don't have a reason that they would allow me to get in. So that was a bit of a concern. And I was like, no, Erin, trust this. Like, you don't need to buy into this fear. You don't need to get into your head. I could feel on one layer on the inside. No, don't don't buy into this, just trust the journey. And so I called the Corona hotline and they said that Perth quarantine hotels are actually considered a green zone. So I was very lucky to miss, you know, to be exempt from that situation that was happening around me. But when Perth started releasing the information of where Corona cases had happened, there was a case on the flight the day after me. So if I had been on the flight the next day, I could have been exposed to COVID. So very, very lucky just the day before I'm in the hotel, but I still am able to get out of Perth and get into Victoria. So I was very lucky in that aspect that I could just spend those 14 days in the hotel. Didn't matter what was happening around me. My plans have not changed. So I get to Melbourne. I catch a red eye flight over there. I arrive first thing in the morning and I decide about lunchtime to wander out into the street. And I just decide to walk to the closest cafe and get myself lunch. And there was no reason why I chose that cafe. It was just literally the closest one. And I took a table that was close to the road. And as I'm sitting there enjoying my breakfast, this car pulls up alongside of me with the windows down and I hear Erin. (laughs) And I'm like, oh my God, of course someone recognizes me the first minute that I'm out on the street in Melbourne. And I look over and I see that it's a friend of mine who has also done some coaching work with me in the past and I haven't seen her in ages. And I was like, oh wow. And she's like, I don't expect to see people in this area. And I was like, I also, it's not an area of Melbourne that I actually lived in. I was just staying there for another amazing reason. Um, And so she and I got an opportunity to catch up and we spent quite a lot of time together, which was amazing because we weren't so close that we would have necessarily reached out 
to make that happen, but because it naturally happened, it opened these doors and opportunities that were just absolutely incredible. So when I was spending time with her, she said, oh, I'm actually going to this women's temple in a couple of weeks' time. And as soon as she said the words women's temple, I was like, I want to go to that. (laughs) I don't even know what it is, but I want to go. And she's like, oh, yeah, cool, it's sold out, but I believe you can put your name on a waiting list. So I reached out to the event organizer and I put my name on a waiting list. So also during this time, if you listen to the last episode that was released about breakups going bad, you would know that I was also navigating the end of the breakup and I received the letter from my previous partner and that letter was incredibly difficult to receive and I it took me about seven days to go through all of the emotions. I wasn't able to reply because I didn't want to reply from a heightened emotional state and there was probably a hundred different perspectives at which to view this letter a hundred different perspectives in which to write a reply. And I knew I wanted to just wait until things felt even and temperate before I replied, not from one of those heightened states. So I had an amazing healing with my healer, Angie, and I can't advocate enough for how beneficial and powerful and supportive it is to have people support you through these processes is to invest in a coach or a healer or a therapist and not have to navigate these kind of scenarios alone. I moved through this process so fucking quickly. I am so fucking proud of myself and who I am to go from the deepest love that I've experienced and a devastating breakup to feeling so okay about it in such a short period of time, especially compared to previous relationships ending. So within the point of seven days, and I'd had this healing with Angie, my heart cracked open like nothing else. I just was hit with this overwhelming wave of love and compassion. And I knew I had to capture it in that moment. I knew that that's where I wanted to reply from. And I actually just left him a voice memo. So rather than writing it out, I hit record and I just blubbered like a baby. I cried so much and I just said, I want to say thank you. Thank you for the role that you have played in my life and I am going to love you until the day that I die for what you've gifted me with and I understand where you're at and I know why you made those choices and I know what you said in that letter, but actually I don't. I believe that it was real and that you needn't doubt what we experienced and when I get back, I would like to see you and say our goodbyes. And like, I'm just so fucking glad I recorded that. And I've gone back and listened to it numerous times as well. And you can just feel the profundity of the love that was pouring out of me and how genuine that was to really, truly feel like that, to, to, to so genuinely be ready to wrap that up. And so he left me a reply and said that your words mirror my words exactly. And I look forward to seeing you when you get back. So I just felt like that put a bow around that experience. It sealed up so nicely. And then that was the night of the women's temple. (laughs) So I was on the wait list and the host had contacted me and said, we have a ticket for you that another woman is selling. I'll get back to you and send you the details tomorrow. And so I left at 24 hours and it had no response. And so I wrote, reached out to her again and she's like, I'm so sorry. That girl actually has sold it on to someone else, but it works in your favor because someone else is gifting their ticket and you get the gifted one. So the universe planted me in this women's temple because of the sequence of events that had happened leading up into that moment. And this women's temple was fucking 
unreal. <laughs> Hands down, I am going to be hosting these all the time. So some of my apprehensions about leaving that relationship or some of my fears were that he and I access realms of sexuality together that some of them were even new to him, but we went to places together that I didn't want to lose access to those places inside of myself when I lost him. I didn't want the doors to close. I wanted to retain that, but it really was the magic of the two of us and the the chemistry that we created together that opened all those doors in the first place. So when we went to this women's temple, there were about 40 women in this room and it was beautiful. It was like carpeted all over the floor, these big Turkish rugs. There were cushions all around it. There was salt lamps and, you know, it was just the right atmosphere for this sensual energy. And so we spent some time dropping in, dropping into our bodies. The facilitator did a great job at helping everyone connect to themselves and to really talk about consent and boundaries and the fact that this was a no penetration party. It was a clothing optional women's sensuality night, but that there was to be no penetration. And she then got us to do some partnered exercises as well. So once we were connected with ourselves, we then got the opportunity to connect with others. And they were through some uh, experiences like eye gazing and sharing. And, you know, it just really broke the ice in such a beautiful way to connect with women in this way. And one of the things was we had to share our apprehensions or our fears or any hesitations, something we were struggling with with our sensuality. And I had said, like, I want to reclaim this as my own sexual source and not be dependent on anyone outside of me to be able to access these realms. And one of the other partnered games was something called the three minute game by Betty Martin, which you can find on YouTube. And I absolutely adore Betty Martin's work and the wheel of consent that she created and also this three minute game. So I was partnered with another woman who shared my name (laughs) and the first time she said to me, how would you like me to touch you for three minutes? And I said, I would really like to lie in your lap and that you stroke and tickle my back. And she said, yes, I'd be happy to do that. So we spent three minutes doing that, which was really nice. And those three minutes pass so quickly. (laughs) So after that, then she says, oh, then it's my turn to say to her, how would you like to touch me for the next three minutes? And she said, well, I would like you to lay in my lap in the opposite direction. And I run my fingers through your hair. And I was like, yes, actually, I'm comfortable with that. Like you can negotiate that obviously if you're not comfortable with what they want to do to you or what you want to have done to you and what someone else is asking you to do to them, but we're both comfortable with that. And so she provided me with that. And then we move on to another partner and we go through the experience again. And it just really was this beautiful way of dropping us all into that level of comfort and vulnerability. And then she just turned the music up and this night just turned into this beautiful, glorious, heaving room of feminine sexuality and sensuality and eroticism. And it's like all my, it's like heaven to me. (laughs) So there's all these women who are dancing and, you know, worshiping themselves in front of a mirror and worshiping each other. And there was a worship throne where anyone that sat on that people around them were invited to come and worship her. And there was peacock feathers that people would trace your body with. And there was chocolate covered strawberries to feed to each other and I just ended up in this beautiful pile of women on the ground who were all just semi-naked and worshipping each other's bodies and oh my god it was just like the perfect reclamation of my own sexual energy to come back into that sensuousness in this environment that felt so safe and so energetically clean and like 
at the end of the night, the woman that I'd been making out with had just said, I'll see you at the next one. And I was like, oh, no, I live in Bali. And she's like, okay, bye. <laughs> it just was like the, the cleanliness of that is just like, I have no expectations. I don't want anything from you. I'm not taking anything from you. It was just an entire night of giving and receiving. There was no energy of taking. It was so sovereign in that sense. And, oh, my God, by the end of the night, everyone, like as it's time to wrap up, oh, the energy was so intense in the room. No one wanted it to end. It could have gone on for hours more but you could just feel the comfort and how fulfilled everyone was. And that environment can be really triggering for some, of course. And there was people there to provide emotional support for anyone that was feeling anything come up. But certainly my experience and the women around me and the people that I was connected with, it just was such a beautiful, positive, giving, sacred, reverent energy and to enjoy our own eroticism and our own sensual energy without having to, without that meaning anything and without any, that, without that complicating anything at all. So I really feel like I was gifted with this amazing fucking opportunity as a reward for my own healing and stepping into my own sovereignty and out of that relationship with such incredible unconditional love and gratitude. And then the universe is like, I'm going to put you in this room of 40 beautiful women. <laughs> And you can go to heaven for the night. So it was just absolutely amazing to receive that. And so as my time in Melbourne is coming to a close, I was due to fly to Tasmania. And as soon as I got to Tasmania, it didn't go as planned. And I wasn't having a good time. I was exhausted by this point. And I was kind of pushing through. I had that feeling like I've booked this trip too long. I wanted to make it worthwhile and worth the cost of the flights and the cost of quarantine. And like, if you're going to go that far, it's just doing it for two weeks isn't enough. But I really felt like I'd pushed it for too long and I wanted to host the retreat for my team. And so I was almost like at the end of my tank at this point. And uh, when I get tired, I get very sensitive and emotional. And there was just a lot of tension and emotion and past pain that came up in Tasmania and my first night there, I was like, I've got to go. Like the feeling that I had, the thought that was in my mind was it, there is no good that would come of me staying longer. And so in the morning, I just booked the next flight. We're heading to the airport, which is about an hour and a half drive. And a friend texts me saying there's been corona cases in Melbourne. And just instantaneously, I was like, I'm going all the way home. I'm going to collect the luggage that I left in Melbourne and get out of here as soon as possible. And I would have flown out that night, except that I needed a PCR test. So I was like, okay, I'm going to book my flight as soon as I get a PCR test and I'm going to make this happen. I'm going to pack my bags and I'm going to get out of here. And lo and behold, magically, as I do that, as I get the next available PCR test and I get on the next available flight, as soon as I arrive in Jakarta, there's the news that Melbourne has gone into a seven-day lockdown. So not only would that have hindered us from being able to run the retreat anyway or left one of my team members stranded in a state that's not her own home state, I wouldn't have been able to leave when I was planning to leave. It would have delayed my departure from Melbourne. I would have been not in a good mental space to go through a seven-day quarantine alone there. It just really was quite a miracle. And the other crazy thing was this is happening on the night of the eclipse and I knew what minute the eclipse was reaching its totality. And would you believe that I literally got out of the Uber at the airport at the minute that the eclipse is in its totality? <laughs> 
Like that is just the biggest wink from the universe to me. That's like, girl, you're aligned. You're listening. You're responding. You are working in harmony with the forces of the universe right now. Eclipses represent huge change and huge letting go. And I just feel like I was wrapping up that time in Australia in with so much certainty that Australia is not my home anymore and it will not be my home in the future. And it's not healthy for me to spend long periods of time there. Cause as soon as I got to Jakarta, I was like, Oh, here's my energy coming back. <laughs> so also on the way to the airport that night, I was able to go and have a Shibari session. So I taught a Shibari workshop, which is the art of Japanese rope bondage. And it was such an amazing workshop. Oh my God. It cracked my heart open everyone had beautiful, profound, a transformative experience from their first experience with ropes. It, it just, fuck it, really, again, highlighted for me, this needs to be a part of your daily life. It hasn't been a part of my life for the last year because um, I don't feel the emotional and energetic connection with the people who practice rope in Bali. It doesn't feel um, what I need in order for me to go to those vulnerable places inside of myself. And so I just felt like I'd lost it in some ways, this sadness of not having anyone to share it with, but then to take it into this environment in Melbourne with people sharing it from the perspective at which I share it, watching people crack open and have amazingly transformative experiences from their first go. Oh man, that was so fulfilling. And I thought, no, I must have a shibari experience for myself and be able to receive that before I leave. So I booked in for a session with a friend that is a rigger in Melbourne. We had a beautiful night together and I'd taken my luggage in the Uber to his house. And then from his house, we'd done shibari. We went to dinner. I got back in an Uber with my stuff. I got to the airport and here I am in Jakarta. So the other crazy, amazing, miraculous thing that happened here is that my best friend who I met in Bali, she moved to Kauai back in the middle of last year and I have been wanting her to come home there is a massive gap in my life from where she existed she's such an amazing friend for me we have an incredible friendship and uh, she left Kauai and went to Mexico and I had made a joke of like you can come home when I come home <laughs> and she's like oh that's funny I put on Mexico on my entry card that I'd be here for 60 days and that was exactly when I was saying you should come home when I come home <laughs> So the more we kept in contact, it actually looked like it might work like that. So we were in contact while I was in Melbourne and we had a look at flights and we had planned and booked flights to fly into Singapore at the same time and be on the same connecting flight from Singapore to Jakarta because if we were on the same flight, then we could quarantine together. And that means that we could reduce the cost of quarantine. We could see each other and keep each other company through this time and then we'd go back to Bali together. So I was really excited to share that with her. But then it turns out that Singapore wouldn't let her connect from Japanese airlines. It was from Mexico City on Japanese ANA into Singapore. Singapore will only let you connect if you're connecting on one of their airlines, one of their partnership airlines. So that meant that she wasn't able to travel there. And so the next possible flight for her was going via Turkey. But that would unfortunately not be available for her to arrive into Jakarta at the same time as me. So we had eliminated our chance of quarantine, quarantining together because we wouldn't be on the same flight. But we could potentially still come out of quarantine together and go to Bali together. But the options that Turkish Airlines had didn't make that possible. So she had a number of dates that she could choose from and we sat there and we said, what day should we book this? 
And we tuned into it energetically using intuition. And I was like, oh, it's that day. It's the 25th, which is like a week earlier than what she planned. And she's like, yeah, I get that day too. It didn't really make much sense to leave so much earlier, but we both felt that date. And so she booked that ticket. Then with the change of plans that I had, unexpectedly, I also was arriving in Singapore on the, in Jakarta on the same day that she was. So even though both of our plans got changed because we were both listening to our intuition, we both landed here at the same time. So we're in the same hotel. We're five floors away from each other. We've been having our meals via Zoom. <laughs> We've been connecting and having a great time and we'll both get um, – released from quarantine at midday on the same day we'll see each other in the hotel lobby for the first time in nearly a year and then we'll travel to Bali together and we're actually going to be living together when we get back so I'm just so grateful that I trusted my intuition and this trip really actually allowed a very smooth journey at a quite a crazy time on the planet when traveling is very difficult and unavailable for so many people. So many things could have gone wrong there. My trip could have been disrupted so many times and actually it all went as it's meant to. So even though the team retreat didn't go ahead as planned, it couldn't have anyway with what happened. And I'm just, again, trusting that it wasn't in the highest alignment and there's going to be another way for us to get together as a team and create what we were going to create. So I really want to empower everyone with this story of the benefit and the reason why we would want to listen to our intuition. So it's our mind that is the part of us that gets conditioned with fears, with human expectations, with what society thinks we should do. But our intuition is way beyond that. It's got, it's connected to something so much more intelligent that's aware of so much more information than what we are. And if we can surrender to that and allow that intuition to guide us, things can be a lot smoother. Now, that's not to say it always will, because sometimes we need the challenges, we need the difficulties. There's reasons for the stuff that happens that we can't completely understand. So being in surrender doesn't mean that all good things are going to happen. There's other people that live their life by their intuition and they have to be in Melbourne for the lockdown. And that's perfect. That's what they're meant to be experiencing for whatever reason. We have to trust this divine intelligence. We always have to hold that perspective of like, why is this perfect and what am I looking for? But what I recognize is that when we listen to our intuition that there is an ease associated with it. There's a, uh, we need less power in order to do it. So one of my clients at the moment is in a situation that feels quite out of alignment for her and she wants to stay in that situation for the next nine months and I can see how much that's draining her, the thought of like, I've got to find the energy and I've got to get through this. But I would say that's because her mind is conditioned to believe that that's what she needs to do. She's afraid of doing something else or it makes more sense financially to keep pushing this one particular path. And what I'm asking her to do is open her mind to the potential that maybe there's something else and that we shouldn't just listen to the mind, especially if it feels like that. If it is just the most draining thing you could possibly imagine, I would say that's not what intuition is asking you to do. So I do remember being in Hawaii, in Kauai, and doing this amazing healing at one of the sacred sites for two clients that had come to visit me there. It was such a life-changing healing that day. And the turtles came into my meditation in that healing and started talking to me. <laughs> so that's not the first time that the turtles have come into my meditation and they came in with this like chastising tone and they were like, Erin, <laughs> we don't swim around the planet we get carried. We get in the stream and we're carried. It's your turn now to get in the stream and be carried. 
So at that point I was a nomad and I was hustling and I was pushing and I was doing all the things that I thought that I should do to be a good online business owner. And that is hard and tiring work. And when the turtles showed me that there is this current that travels around the planet that allows them to circumnavigate the globe, expending very little energy, (laughs) and that that is available for me too, that there is a current in my life that wants to carry me where I'm destined to go. If I'm outside of the stream, I have to swim and use my own power to get there, and that's exhausting and depleting. But if I'm in the stream, it's going to carry me towards my destiny and what is destined for me with far less energy expenditure. So that is how I live my life now. I'm looking and sensing and feeling into the stream. Where is the stream taking me? And even the reason why I came to Australia is because my partner said, I feel that you're meant to go to Australia. And I was like, oh my God, you're right. I could feel it. But my mind, my human mind had been closed to that potential because of the thoughts that I had in my mind. It's too expensive. It's too difficult. You can't travel right now. But when he could feel it and he brought my awareness to it, I was like, oh my God, I'm meant to go to Australia. And it all happened in the space of two weeks. It was crazy. So the turtles really showed me that when we listen to our intuition and we start to follow that stream, things come to us with far greater ease. And there is a power that comes through us, that supports us, that carries us, that we don't need to be using our own energy and our willpower and whatever gumption we've got left inside of us. Instead, we surrender into the power, the, the guidance of spirit, and it will carry us. And then the things that are destined for us come to us. So as I said, sometimes that's challenge. Sometimes the things that are de- like destined for us are difficult. We're just going to take a quick break in the episode here to share some love for our amazing sponsor, Maeve. Pleasure is good for you. Unleash and expand your self-pleasure or explore fresh partner intimacy with Maeve. Maeve is your elegant guided pleasure app with a continuously growing audio library of erotic stories, guided sessions, and soundscapes created by top-notch creative writers, sex and relationship therapists, poets, and orgasmic life experts, and brought to life by the most sultry voices and soundscapes. Give yourself or a lucky one the gift of pleasure and use the code ERIN20 to get 20% off your subscription. Details can be found in the show notes or head to withmave.com. Now let's jump back into the episode. But I want to give you guys some tools into how exactly you can tune into your intuition so that you can know this is what spirit's asking because a lot of people go, I think I'm making that up or that's just in my head. So we really need to start to distinct, create the distinction between our mind and our intellect and our intuition. Now, there's a bit of a caveat here is that for some people, their intuition does speak to them through their mind. So that they're probably the ones that are going to find it most difficult to use this tool that I'm explaining now. They tend to be ectomorphs, which means that they're naturally the smallest framed or the leanest and thinnest people on the planet. So if you're an ectomorph or you're part ectomorph, you have a very high powered brain and that is the source of your spiritual connection. So for others, if you're an endomorph or a mesomorph, or you have a slightly bigger body shape or a rounder body shape or you carry body fat, then if you easily carry body fat in some ways, then you can tend to receive your messages through sensations in your body or through auditory or through visual. Now, that's not a blanket rule. That's just a very gross generalization. 
But what we need to do when we start to tune in is start to really determine what is our receiver of information? Where is it that spirit's uniquely guiding us? So we'll all have something that comes more naturally to us. So what I often ask people to do is to sit down and close their eyes just take a few deep breaths and really settle into the moment. I like to almost take my awareness into the back of my brain, like settling into the back of the brain as if the brain could just take a back seat and relax so we're not using the big processing cortex at the front of the brain. We're settling back into the back of the brain. And then from here, I ask spirit to show you a yes and a no. So we're going to start with a really simple question and you can ask a question that you know is going to be a yes answer. For me, that question is, am I meant to live in Bali? Your question might be, is my name so-and-so or do I have three children or am I a Cancerian? (laughs) Ask a question that you know is going to get your yes answer. And then you say to spirit, am I meant to live in Bali? (laughs) Am I meant to whatever? Well, ask that definitive question that you know the answer. Or you can simply say, show me a yes. And now you might be aware of a sensation in your body. You might be aware of a visual out in front of you. You might be aware of a color. You might see the word yes. You might see a needle swing from yes and no. You might hear the word, you might get the color green and the color red for no. So once you've started to tune into that, then just let that go. Don't overthink it. Don't worry too much. Don't think you have to get it perfect. And then ask, what is a no? So I could ask a question of like, should I return to Australia tomorrow? You can ask, is my name and make up a fake name. And as you start to receive the no just notice what's coming up for you is that a sensation on a different part of your body or a different side of your body is it that the needle swings back to the no is it that the word no emerges from the darkness in front of you behind your closed eyes is it a big red cross out in front of you so as you start to tune into that and as you start to utilize that you start to develop your confidence and strengthen your intuition muscles so you have this tool now of yes and no And you get to apply that multiple times, as many times throughout the day as you can, until you start to really trust it. So you can say, should I have this for lunch? I get a yes. Or perhaps you get a no. Or you can say, should I go to the gym tonight? Yes, actually, I should go to the gym. I don't really want to, but spirit's telling me, yes, I should go to the gym. Or actually, no, I get a no. How interesting, I would normally push myself to go to the gym even though I'm tired and tonight spirit saying, no, go home. So as you start to develop your proficiency at the simple yes, no, once you become really confident with that, you can start to diversify what you're asking spirit. And so you can ask spirit to give you some other messages or you can offer three options and start to see what happens. So basically you're learning the ABC of speaking to spirit. (laughs) And then you want to be able to get to the point where you can use whole words. And then you want to get to the point where you can use whole sentences, where you can simply close your eyes and pick up on a whole heap of information. So spirit has all the information that's ever existed, all existing at once. So it can be very confusing to tap into that place because you get so many downloads. 
So it always helps me. I call it taking a measuring stick into spirit space. (laughs) And I like to use a point of reference and say, spirit, show me on this. What's the answer? So let's say I wanted to know a number between one and 10. I go into spirit with almost like a measuring tape. And then I, I scroll that along in my awareness until I hit a point where it stops moving and I might stop moving at the number seven. So I'm like, oh, okay. The answer in this case is seven. Or if um, sometimes I see it as a spinning wheel that's going to stop at a certain segment. When I was learning to read emotional energy from others and trying to pick up on what emotions they were projecting, I would actually take a rainbow into spirit space and I'd see what color would stop and that color would represent a chakra and that chakra would represent certain emotions. So I always found it very helpful to say, well, here's a guidance system spirit show me within this guidance system what the answer is so when we were looking at those flights for my best friend to fly in my mind's eye I actually saw a calendar and the number 25 the day of 25 and the calendar was lit up gold and I was like "Mm, that's the day that's calling so you start to work out what is your unique receiving point and you start to develop and strengthen it and then you realize you become so attuned to the subtleties of everything like without even needing to ask you're like oh that's a no for me that doesn't feel good or that doesn't have the energy in it that I'm so used to following so as you start to develop it it will guide you through everything you will know where the stream is you'll know what's being asked for you asked from you or where that current is that wants to support you and guide you through life (laughs) so I hope you've enjoyed this episode. I hope that you have enjoyed that little skill to learn to tap into your intuition. I hope it brings you benefit. And as always, I'd love to hear from you. So please let me know how it goes for you. You can find me on Instagram. You can come and share the love. Let me know your takeaways. Let me know what you loved. Let me know what triggered you, what questions you have. I want to know it all. Make sure that you subscribe so you never miss an episode. And until next time, laugh loud and fuck louder. (laughs) 